Make sure to check out the Sunday School video for today. It's on the miracle of the crossing of the Red Sea. You can find a link to that video in the video description below. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. To bear the burdens of this world. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please keep me strong through the trials. Help me hold on to hope through all the storms. Patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please help me to Lord. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. To bear the burdens of this world. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please keep me strong through the trials. Help me hold on to hope through all the storms. Patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please help me to endure. There's the model of heaven down here below. It's a picture of glory sublime. With the glorious body of Christ our dear Lord, live here on creation of thine. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice for a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to Thee. The beauty down here, it just gives us a glimpse of lovely and marvelous scenes. That heavenly city is calling me home, that wonderful place of my God. Our Savior has given us sweet sacrifice, what a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to Thee. Oh, what a reunion we'll have that glad day. The face of our God we'll all see. Those loved ones we'll hold in our arms once again. In that wonderful place of our God. Our Savior has given us sweet sacrifice, what a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord, increase my devotion to Thee. The church is that model of heaven for me, I love to be with them and sing. The word to proclaim it delights my poor heart, how we show how the lost may be free. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice, what a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord, increase my devotion to This week, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving, and we typically think of Thanksgiving as a time in which we share a meal together with our close family members. 
And I want to, to take this a little bit step farther for us as Christians, because, you know, whenever we think about sharing a meal together as Christians, we share a meal every single week, don't we? Whenever we partake of communion. Now, that's what we typically call it. And this morning, I want us to look at that familiar meal of communion. But I'm going to use the term Eucharist instead. Now, I know that that term is not one that we usually use about talking about communion. But when you think about communion, we can refer to it as communion. We can refer to it as the Lord's Supper. Or we could also refer to it with this term Eucharist. Now, this term Eucharist, it actually comes from the Greek. And it literally has to do with this giving of thanks. So I think it's very fitting for us as we think of communion. And we think of that, that time that Jesus instituted communion, that what we typically call is the Last Supper that uh, uh, we, we see recorded in Matthew's gospel, Mark's gospel, and, and Luke's gospel, and, and even a version of it is recorded in John's gospel as well. But I want us to look at Matthew's gospel of it, and I want us to, to connect it with this term of Eucharist because I want us to see how it involves the giving of thanks. And there are several reasons why we should be thankful whenever we think of this, this meal that we participate in. So let's read it together in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 30. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So in this passage, we see this, this term, and, and by the way, if you pay attention to like in verse 27, where it says that he took the cup and he had given thanks, that's where the term for Eucharist comes from, that giving of thanks. So when he had given thanks, so every time that we have that prayer before we take of, of communion and whenever we're asking God to, to bless that bread and asking him to bless uh, that cup, or, or maybe we might say that we are giving thanks for those things, it has to do with this, this term here about this giving of thanks. And within this text, we have five things that we can be thankful for that are connected with the Lord's Supper. Um, there, there's possibly even more than five things that you could kind of connect with, but I want us to notice at least five of them this morning and five reasons why we should be thankful every time that we take communion together. Now, we are going to spend a little bit more time on these first two, and these first two, of course, are going to be more familiar, and these are kind of the, the foundational things that we focus on pretty much every single time that we talk about the Lord's Supper or communion or Eucharist or whatever you want to call it, as long as you know you you are involved in this, this act of remembering our Lord's sacrifice and his death. But these two things that we're going to look at are as follows. The first one is that it represents his body. When you look at Matthew 26, 26, you find out that he takes that bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. So of course, we see really only two elements that are used in the Lord's Supper. And that is that bread and then it's also that cup and the contents of that cup. That bread, it represents the body of Christ. Now, the second thing is the cup. And the cup, its contents include what is connected to the blood of the covenant. In Matthew 26, 28, he takes that cup 
And he says, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So like I said, we have two main things in which we can be thankful for whenever we gather around the table and remember um, our Savior's sacrifice. We have that bread that represents the body, and we have the juice, the, the cup, that represents the blood of the covenant. And I want us to look a little bit about both of these two things here, uh, especially this morning, you know, about this body and the blood that are represented here in the Lord's Supper that we partake of. So first off, when Jesus talks about his body, this is picked up in the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 10, I want us to look at both of these things, the, the body and the blood of Jesus in connection with Hebrews 10, because there are several verses that talk about this sacrifice of Jesus. And by the way, if you want to find out more about how great this sacrifice is, go ahead and read the whole chapter uh, of Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, we're not going to do that this morning, but I, I do want to draw your attention to a few verses here. The first passage comes from verses 4 through 7, and notice this body that, uh, that Jesus sacrificed in our place. Uh, the Hebrew writer here says, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. So these passages from the Old Testament are connected with Jesus. They're connected with his sacrifice. And specifically here, the contrast is these sacrifices that they had been offering in the uh, the Old Testament, that's not truly what God was really desiring. Now, all of that was in accordance with the law, and that is brought out in Hebrews chapter 10. So, you know, I'm not trying to say, and the Hebrew writer wasn't trying to say that there was no purpose for those sacrifices and offerings. There was a purpose, but the purpose was really ultimately that all of them pointed to the sacrifice that Jesus was going to give through his body. And that's why what's quoted here. It's sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. And that body is what Jesus Christ gave on our behalf. That was truly his sacrifice. That was the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus paid uh, in our place. But in Hebrews 10, there's also more about this body that we can find out. In verses 8 through 10 now, it continues on and says, First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. This is how great this sacrifice is. This sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ is what verse 10 tells us that we have been made holy through this sacrifice. What is that sacrifice? It's not the sacrifice of of the, the different animals that were given in the Old Testament. This sacrifice that we have is this body of Jesus Christ once for all. Jesus did not have to continue to come here and to continue to shed his blood and to continue to give his, his body as a sacrifice for us. No, he did it once for all. And what I think that the Hebrew writer definitely uh, kind of points out is the fact that that sacrifice, it was truly once for all. That sacrifice covers us in the New Testament time, but it also covered them in the Old Testament time. So all of their sacrifices and offerings, they were leading up to this ultimate once-for-all sacrifice that's found in the body of Jesus Christ. Now, we also see this the second thing. Remember the first thing that we can be thankful for is that body that Jesus gave. The next thing is that blood. 
And the blood has already been referenced here in Hebrews 10. I haven't specifically drawn that out, but it was already referenced in the last passage that we looked at. But it's also referenced a little bit later in this chapter. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 15 through 18, now we see a little bit more about this blood of the covenant. This blood of the covenant is this new covenant that Jesus Christ established, that God promised that was going to be established. And Jesus Christ did this through his sacrifice. Verses 15 through 18 now. The Holy Spirit also testified to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sins is no longer necessary. So in this passage here, we see this, the second thing that we can be thankful for. The first one was the body that Jesus gave. The second thing is this blood of the covenant, this new covenant. Now, this is exactly where the old covenant was leading to. It was the forgiveness of sins. That, that's what we see here, that even in the Old Testament, um, Jesus, or rather God, talked about that there is going to be a new covenant. There's going to be a covenant that's going to be made. Now, you know, why would he talk about another covenant whenever there was already one uh, in effect? Well, he was looking forward to what Jesus Christ was going to do. And now, in the time of the New Testament, in the time of the New Covenant, we can look back and we can see this more complete picture. And we can see the place that Jesus Christ filled in all of this. We can also find out what verse 18 tells us that, look, we've been forgiven of these things. There, there no longer needs to be a sacrifice for sin because Jesus has already come. He's already given that sacrifice once for all. Now, we can be thankful for the body of Jesus. We can be thankful for the blood of this new covenant. But there are still more things in which we can be thankful for that the Lord's Supper, that the Eucharist reminds us of, this giving of thanks. Let's go back to this passage again. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 30. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. When he had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now let's see what else there is to be thankful for within this passage. The third thing is found in verse 27. There in verse 27, we read that then he took the cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. Do you recognize what he's saying right there? Now, see, this is something that that I've found fascinating for a really long time since I since, since I sort of put these things together and, and recognized it. When they celebrated this Passover festival, when they celebrated this, this meal together, and whenever Jesus uh, brought new meaning to this Passover feast, notice that it says right here, drink from it, all of you. Now, Jesus said that, knowing all well and good exactly what was going to follow. He knew that that very night he was going to be betrayed. He was going to be betrayed by one of his disciples, by Judas. He also knew that all of them were going to scatter. They, they were all going to run away. They were all going to do their own thing. Even Peter, who is, you know, so much known as kind of that rock and that, that solid um, person, the one who oftentimes is, is acting out and doing things on Jesus's behalf. He walked away from Jesus as well. But notice whenever Jesus takes that cup, 
He gave thanks. He gave it to them and he said, drink from it, all of you. You know that, that Judas was actually welcomed at this table. You know that Peter was welcomed at this table. You know all of the rest of the disciples were, were welcomed at this table. Now it was up to them as to whether or not they, they left. And apparently Judas at some point, he did leave that table, but it was on his will, you know, his, his decision to get up and leave the table. And that reminds me of, of what the passages talk about, a, about a future hope, a future meal that we can all celebrate together. And there are several passages in the Old Testament and also at the, the end of Revelation, um, kind of gathering together and sharing of a meal is talked about. And Jesus also references a couple of times about gathering around this table and, and all being in the, the family of God, the, the household of God. And he says, drink from it, all of you. We are all welcomed at the table of God. We are all welcomed at the table of Jesus Christ. Now, it's up to us as to whether or not we get up from that table and remove ourselves. We have the ability to do that, but we are still invited to that table. All of you are invited. And that's a good th thing to think about whenever we gather around this table, so to speak. And whenever we are reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us, we are all welcomed. It's nothing that you know we ourselves have done. It's what Jesus Christ has done. And the fact that through his sacrifice, he can welcome all of us. That's another reason for us to be thankful. There's more though. The fourth reason for us to be thankful is one that, you know, we've already kind of referenced this and we've already seen this in from Hebrews 10, but the fourth thing is the forgiveness of sins. And that is part of, of what we celebrate when we celebrate this Eucharist, whenever we give thanks for this sacrifice that Jesus gave to us. In Matthew 26, 28, when Jesus is talking about this blood, he says, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I, I want you to think for a moment. Where would you be without the sacrifice of Jesus? Where would you be without this forgiveness of sins? Do you see how important the forgiveness of sins is? You know, without the forgiveness of sins, we have little hope of, of what our future is going to look like. It most certainly wouldn't be a good one. But through Jesus Christ, we have this promise. We, we have this hope of this forgiveness of sins. And it's connected with the blood sacrifice that Jesus has already given on our behalf. And we remember that on a weekly basis whenever we gather around this table and whenever we share this meal, we have so many reasons to be thankful. That fourth reason from the text is the forgiveness of sins. We can be thankful for that forgiveness always. The fifth and the final thing that I want us to notice is he, he references my father's kingdom. In Matthew 26, 29, he, he's talking about that cup and he says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Now, I don't know exactly what comes to your mind at, at this, but what comes to my mind is the fact that, that Jesus Christ is sharing in this meal that we partake of on a weekly basis, that he is drinking it new with us. Yeah, he's not physically here with us, but I get that. And I think you get that too. But he is taking this with us. And it's a time for us to have this, this common union with us and God, with us and Jesus Christ. And we can all be part of this Father's kingdom. And what does the Father's kingdom look like? Well, this is so oftentimes the, the point of Jesus's sermons. This was what his teaching was all about. Even from the very beginning of his ministry, 
he was telling people to repent because the kingdom of his father, the kingdom of God, is in their midst. It's at hand. It was right there in, in front of them. What are they going to do about that kingdom? He's given us the ability to be able to enter into this kingdom, to be able to gather around this table, to be able to share in these wonderful blessings. We can be thankful because of the Father's kingdom and the fact that we can be part of this kingdom. If you are a Christian, you are a part of this kingdom. And that changes the way that we live our lives. That changes the way that we, we communicate with one another, that we deal with one another, that we treat one another. We are part of the kingdom of God now. That's the fifth and the final reason for us to be thankful. So once again, I want us to look at this passage. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 30, and here in this slide, I've, I've put these things in bold, the, the five different things that we've looked at that we can be thankful. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And they had sung a hymn. They went out to the Mount of Olives. So in this passage, we see the reasons for us to be thankful, for us to give thanks to God. We can give thanks to God and to Jesus Christ because of that body that he gave on our behalf, that blood of the covenant, the fact that he welcomes all of you, all of us, and he provides us with forgiveness of sins. And he talks about how we can be part of his father's kingdom, of our father's kingdom. I hope that all these things describe you. If you are a Christian, they do describe you. And they are all these different reasons why we can give thanks to God that we have been given this this memorial to remember this sacrifice, to be able to, to be reminded of Jesus on at least a weekly basis. And I hope we can even be reminded on a daily basis. But this, this kind of just definitely brings us all together to be reminded of this sacrifice on a weekly basis and to give thanks for Jesus Christ for what he's done for us. We have reason to give thanks. Let's make sure that we do it every single day. Ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready for the judgment day. When the bridegroom comes, will I be there to meet him in the air? And will my lamp be burning bright? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the master comes today, will I be in or cast away? And will he find me faithful there? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Lord should choose to lay, will I be true until that day? And will my oil be plenty then? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, 
ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord. Ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord. Ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day.